Welcome to Backboard Banter on the board with your host Matt Middleton and Kevin Rayner. We're the banter's as ferocious as the Toronto Raptors fans towards Fred Van Vliet, my friend. Man, they done mad about that, eh? You know, I was trying to look out for those fans because I never get my takes right. And a take about Fred like that, while being very easy because we knew the man was going to take the money, fans are actually like real upset, you know? On the one hand, I get it. You know, he's leaving for nothing. At the end of the day, we don't get any assets back for his departure to the Rockets. But we opened up some cap space, it changed some decisions, and maybe made things a bit easier for our front office because. As Matt and I know, there was an offer on the table, whether it was three years, 90 million, three years, 100 million, whatever it was, it wasn't Texas money, that's for sure. Yeah, I think like that's the biggest issue is that like they also have no state income tax, so they just have the federal tax over there. And when you're comparing, you know, the after tax dollars that Fred Van Leet earns, it's not a difference of 20 to 30 million, it's a difference of like, 70 million <laughs> i mean so I, I experienced the mini version of that over here out in alberta you know what i mean right so i i get where he's going for at least when it comes to making all your dollars work for you exactly man so i mean it makes sense um i mean 42 million dollars though for a guy who averaged under 20 points a game on the lowest qualified effective field goal percentage in the league yeah. is it's not great like and like i'm kind of happy the raptors did not sign him at that price and even at 33 million dollars a season i was a little skeptical but like i guess that is kind of just what the nba salaries are right now anyways because you look at Lamelo ball man and that guy is getting paid like 60 million dollars a season he's never been on a winning team he's barely ever made it through a full season i don't think he has no when you think about fred making more money than luka Doncic, when you think about making more money than kyrie irving as controversial as kyrie is as a player like it's kind of insane and like does this go back to the rudy gobert situation like how everything has changed in the trade market how everyone's value is blown up people think this contract that contract is worthwhile like it's an insane situation when it comes to the money that's getting thrown around to what could be the top players in the league right because at the end of the day fred might leave this might be a perfect situation that we obviously are not expecting this, but this could be a, a amazing, amazing situation. His numbers could blow up, his assists could blow up, the kids could work out, and the Rockets could be something, and we could be eating our words. But so many things have to go right for that to happen, and it, 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 I just don't see it. There would need to be massive leaps from the young players on their team, and also their other big free agent dylan brooks was the second lowest effective field goal percentage among yeah. qualified players so like i think took over nine attempts a game right and so like you think about that you think about how bad they were last year i don't think adding two super inefficient you know perimeter players to a team that is already chock full of perimeter players is going to make a huge difference um so I could see what the Rockets are like trying to do. I just don't think it's going to work. To be honest, I honestly believe that they really signed Fred Van Vliet to that contract because they're going to use him as a as a trade chip. Um, you, the the trade deadline is going to roll around. There's going to be some guy who's unhappy, some free agent. They can package him and yeah. Jalen Green or Jabari Smith or you know X Y Z player here, Alperin Sangoon, and go out and get a superstar. Um, that's really what I see the purpose of this deal for them being. 
and having him on that three-year timeline gives them that three-year ability to be that flexible and we've seen in the past few years that there's always somebody there's always somebody who's ready to move on who's looking for greener pastures we'll talk about dame a little bit later because obviously he wants out he's trying to go to miami miami's trying to work with you know table scraps they're trying to work with the last piece last slice of the pizza to try to get dame right now like it's 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 not looking good for miami so we'll we'll see right in the future if if fred turns into a trade chip and who maybe that works out for him right maybe he goes somewhere and gets to win a championship out of that but more likely he might be in rockets purgatory for a little while yeah he's definitely going to be in rockets purgatory for a little while and then when he gets traded he's going to go to a bad team because they're going to be trading their best player. And no offense to Fred Van Vliet, but if he's the best player on your team, your team is missing the playoffs. I'm I'm sorry, man. Like, you can look at his stats. The guy averaged over 20 points a game once in his career, and it was last year. And his effective field goal percentage is hovering around 50%. Like, he's he's a good player. Don't get me wrong. I think he's, what, probably a top 15 point guard in the league? Probably. For sure yeah right okay and 42 million dollars this this is the thing right we can we can rip on him all day we can say how ridiculous it is but man got his bag and got his money and you know to b- before we roll into rap chat to have a little nice things about fred to have a little moment because a very important raptor in our franchise had some big moments like people could say we don't win that championship without fred van vliet stepping up in the moments that he did it's the reason why he became a staple in that starting roster after the championship season. So, you know, big ups to Fred and, and the career that he's had for us. But at the same time, good luck, man, because I don't know if, if you're ready for what you're in for. Look, and at the end of the day, man, he'll always have that, you know, championship experience with us. He'll always be one of our best, you know, homegrown talents. Um, a guy who was undrafted, signed with our team and, and went through it um, and became an all-star. But I think that all-star appearance that he has on his resume that's going to be the only one and to me i don't think you can truly truly classify a player as all-star level talent unless they have either multiple all nba seasons true or anything over four to five all-star appearances if you've been in the league for seven eight years unless you have two all nba appearances or five all-star appearances in that time frame you're not an all-star player like really like okay maybe eight or maybe four maybe five is a little bit ridiculous but like three seasons you know you get voted in by the fans you get voted in not because of how well you're playing theoretically and to add to your point it's why someone like siakam could be underrated or overrated and depending on your angle of where you're looking at that because he has two and two right he's not quite at that threshold while still being young enough that he has time to work on it but he's not going to be respected at that same regard because you really have to build up some accolades to get to that point where you really deserve to be respected, to be at the point where a team could build around you, not just because you're young and ready to go, right? A guy like Giannis has enough accolades while still being 27, right? No, he's 20, 25. He'll be 29. Is, is Giannis about to be 29? Yeah, he's, he's your age, bro. That's actually insane. I, I totally forget that, and that's unreal to think about um but yeah right like Giannis is a player who has enough accolades by 29 that he can do whatever he wants for the next three four years if he just if he so decides Pascal Siakam at 27 28 doesn't quite have the same level to be able to do what he wants right and so 
I get where you're coming from completely with that. Yeah, well, like, even if you look at a guy like, I don't know, like a John Morant, um, that guy is, he's, you know, all-star caliber. He's, I think, been in the all-star game, what, two out of the three seasons? Um, if not, like, one or two, for sure. One one or two, like max two, right? Um, but he's, you know, definitely on that path. A uh, guy like Shea, who I don't think he's been to the all-star game more than twice i think he's only been once i agree i think it was this year was his first time as in the all-star game but that man was an all-nba player this year he was i what second team all-nba so yeah and like could have been first team so everybody knows that like he's got that all-star potential because he's younger too right if you're under 24 and you don't have that that's fine but freddie's gonna be He's going to be 30 soon, man. Mm-hmm. It's very, tough. very soon. So I think he already is. Is he not? I think he may have just turned 30 potentially. So it'll be it'll be tough for Fred. And, you know, I, I hope I hope good things for him, obviously. But again, the situation of the Rockets is really interesting. Ime, him, they're, they're going to have a lot of work on their hands to get this roster to where they want it to be. And, man, we could be looking at the return of Texas basketball, right? We'll get into, you know, the fact that the Mavs made a couple of moves. We'll, we'll talk about how the Spurs have won. I know, right? Matt's shaking his head over here because he's like, not mm-hmm. quite yet. But the three Texas teams are trying to find a way back to relevancy. Two of them have true potential stars on the roster, at least. So that, that's the only reason I say that. Well, yeah. I mean, like that's that's the thing. It's like, okay, at least Dallas has has Luca, and the San Antonio Spurs have Wembenyama. I mean, we'll see just how amazing he is. I mean, hopefully tonight he'll he'll show out in the summer league. But you know, it's going to be a while before we see him against NBA competition on a regular basis and yeah. see if he can hold up. So, like, that's the only thing that's going for those teams. The Rockets, man, I. I just don't see it. I I don't see what they did as as positive. What I what they did was was making a lot of noise. Yeah. And was, you know, intriguing for their fan base. But those don't you don't build championships through free agency. I don't care what sport it is. Free agency is not where you add your championship, you know, building blocks. And at $42 million a year for three seasons, if you're trying to compete for championships, which they're definitely not, they're just competing for the playoffs. Like that's, he's not the type of player. The only way, the only way I would disagree with you is if your free agency involves a top five player in the league, a LeBron James, a Kawhi Leonard when we traded for him. Right. But, but that's, but that's all, that's the only reason I'm saying that because like hundred percent, I agree with you. You can't just, you can't just add a bunch of these overpaid potentially players, things that you could be that now, like, Fred VanVleet could go the Jalen Brunson route and surprise, but it's less likely than than that. I don't see the same type of environment because the Knicks had a little bit more success. And Knicks' success, I don't want to talk about how high up or how low that really is, you know? But even with Jalen Brunson being their best player and Julius Randle and all those pieces, their ceiling is the second round. Yeah. Like, I, it just is, man. Like, I understand that he, you know, had a phenomenal season and that he's, you know, showed that he's a playoff performer. Their ceiling is the second round. He's not good enough to be the best player on a championship team. And if you think about it in terms of free agency, like you talk about like, oh, you have to get a top five player. But like Kyrie and Kevin Durant went to Brooklyn in free agency. That did not turn out well. Very true. Um, You know, we traded for Kawhi Leonard. He left us in free agency for the Clippers. 
that didn't turn out well. So unless you're LeBron James going to the Miami Heat or coming back to Cleveland or going to the Lakers, yep. you you haven't seen – so you literally have to be the best player in the sport or you know widely considered one of the top two greatest players of all time for that to work for you. I mean, Kevin and Durant? And that's the Kevin only – I'm joining the oh, one of the best teams ever. I know, I'm just... Team, bro. <laughs> like, Kevin Durant is uh, he's a special case. Right, I, only so. say, I only say it because the, the things potentially exist in very specific, very perfect cases. But you're right, man. But absolutely. It, it would be like um, who uh, who's a, a good player. Um, like, I don't know, going to, going to Denver this year. Like a free agent who oh, yeah, yeah. went to Denver. Bradley you know, Beal, like if Joel, if Joel or Joel Embiid was a free agent this year and he's like, I'm going the to reigning, Denver. The reigning MVP going to Denver. Yeah, absolutely. That would be yeah. disgusting. But also, yeah, uh, man, him and Jokic would be an interesting pair. But man, we're, we're rolling. We're rolling oh, off you topic wouldn't be able here. To, you wouldn't be able to score on them inside. It would be, be impossible. Would be and terrifying. they both shoot threes. So like fine. you put them forward uh, center and then you got a bunch of shooting around them. You Dude, maybe, that's a dope team. <laughs> maybe we'll get lucky. Jokic will be the first pick in the All Star draft, uh, and he'll get to he'll get to take Joel or something. Because I guess Jokic is a humble man, and he's like, I'll take this guy while I take the MVP next season. But we're getting off topic here, Matt. You know, we're we're excited to talk Raptors right now because there's a Raptors game that's coming up in a few hours. Your sizzling pick about Grady Dick becoming the MVP of the summer league is just waiting, and then that's what I'm really here for. As much as I like all these other teams and all these other players. We're here for the Raptors. We're here for this team. And with Fred leaving, it really must be the start of a new era at this point. Because Pascal is really the last standing bastion of the past of the championship run. Yeah, I mean, well, it's him. Um, I guess you can call Chris Boucher still a part of the Raptors organization. Yep. And uh, OG Ananobi are the last three standing guys from that and OG, championship squad. And OG once again was left out because he didn't play because the poor guy was going through what his appendix bursting or whatever. Appen- was. Yeah, appendicitis. Jeez. Yeah, that was poor guy. brutal. And like, oh, it would have been the perfect, perfect. Like, that's the other <laughs> thing that's crazy about our team is that everyone's like, oh, that Toronto team like got super lucky and was kind of mid and blah, blah, yeah. blah, blah. Yo, we didn't even have one of our five best players. Cause like he was he was definitely one of our five best players that you, season. You talk about you talk about role players needing to step up to win championships, what Aaron Gordon has done, what we've talked about in past episodes. Fred had those moments. Norm had a few couple little baby moments, right? OG would have been primed to step in and take that opportunity if it was there for him, for sure. You know who wouldn't have played at all in the playoffs? Danny Green. <laughs> like he, it just, it he might not fun. have had to because of his defense because he was playing for his defensive impact nine D times and out of three. ten and then hoping that he would he would pray up a three and yeah i think raptors fans at the time disrespect like maybe like minutely disrespectfully so because danny green was a good three-point shooter he wasn't great but og might have been there and it could have changed the whole trajectory of his path for sure yeah, no, we could have easily, easily dominated our way to a championship that year um, had OG been playing. It just adds that bigger body. The man guarded LeBron James as a rookie. Right. Like, all, all I'm going to say. And so, great... yeah, it does, it does feel like we're turning the corner. And I think Pascal's definitely, like, and I think he starts the season with us, to be honest. I just don't know if um, he finishes the season. I think that once a trade materializes for him, and it's got to be the right trade, 
that Masai is going to pull that trigger because we don't necessarily need to be, you know, great next year. We just want to see a lot of development from the younger players, from a Precious, from a Gary, from a Scotty, um, and see that cohesiveness come together under yeah. Darko. There's a lot of questions, especially on the, the Siakam front, right? Pascal can kind of do what he wants because as we've heard, the rumblings are he doesn't want to sign an extension with any other team. He wants to stay with the Raptors turn long term. He wants it with us. And it's like, okay, so now if the fact of the matter is we are going to be quote-unquote stuck with Pascal, which I don't think is, is the right way to say it, but that's the fact. What he wants is to stay with Toronto. He either bets on himself next year and tries to go for All-NBA again to get the Supermax, or he signs the extension now and then gives away the leverage that the front office would have in trading him. Because it's like, if he also is going to say, I'm never going to be traded because I'm not going to sign an extension with anybody else, that one year left on his contract isn't as spicy and as happy looking for other teams. So it's like, what will happen with Pascal? It's a really slippery slope. And if the front office does want to fully embrace, you know, Scotty and Darko season, Pascal is a question mark that they will have to make a decision on eventually. Yeah. And I think also with OG, you know, second year of rumblings that he wants more to do in the offense and he wants mm -hmm. more of a, of a focal point, focal role. Like, I think that it's, it's just about time. And I think that, you know, there's a ton of options out there for him. Um, I think that it's just about, like, making the right call. Um, like, if we could get Darius Garland or, like, a player of that caliber, or let's say a guard pops this year, you know, a rookie guard, and they the, the team has some, you know, salary that they need dumped, like, that could be a good trade for us. Um, because I'm... I'm definitely not needing a all-star player back at the moment. I would yeah. prefer a guy who's younger with that all-star potential, at least in my opinion, for, for a guy like Pascal Siakam. I mean, what makes me sad is that everything I'm hearing out of Portland rumbling is that getting all the way up to number three was too much to trade the pick away for Siakam. If it was four, if it was five, if it was six, it would have been an easy trade to happen. And you know what? The fact that our front office feels like Grady Dick should have gone 6-7 and fell to us, and that's great. It worked out, I guess, in our favor at the end of the day. But, yeah, unless the perfect situation works out and Scotty really steps up his game, really finds his three-point shot, and Pascal can mold into the only true offensive veteran that we would have left and accept not needing to be the focal point and just playing ball, we got to find a new solution and you know summer league games are going to be interesting to see how good grady can be whether he's going to be a bench player for two years before we can maybe see if he can fit that rotation to be as confident as is or maybe man he's going to come out he's going to knock down some shots and be great for us right like we are in the question stage of this roster and at least we got some basketball today that's going to be real interesting to see we get a little a little taste you know it's just nice to see him in some live game action against some, you know, high level competition. Um, Cause this is a step up from the NCAA, like the Absolutely. summer league is. And so uh, we'll see what, what kind of comes out of that. And um, I hope he, he plays well, man. Like he's, he's definitely a knockdown shooter. Like, and his stroke is so repeatable. It's so nice and it's compact, it's refined. So I just think that that is really the biggest issue for our team. 
Um, and it'll be whether he can create his own shot, whether he can make cuts, whether he can play defense and all that kind of stuff that determines whether or not he's a starter or not. And I don't even see him needing to be a starter, but being totally. the first guy off the bench in his, you know, later half of his rookie season or in his, you know, uh, second season, that would be great for me. Um, I think that would be a great, great sign. You know, if he can, if he can have what Norm kind of did for us, but being a three-point specialist version of that, I would be really excited for Grady to find his role on our team. But it really has to be Scotty, right? That has to be the focus right now of where things are going. It's the reports that we're hearing. It's the rumblings that we're seeing. It's why, you know, I see the score put out a video about you know, trade Dame for Scotty. It's perfect for both teams. I'm like, it's perfect for both teams from the outside looking in when you don't know that the Raptors have probably really pivoted into Scotty's season now. So there's a lot of questions, and Scotty's going to have to answer this season. He's really going to have to show up. Yeah, and I think that hopefully he understands that there's going to be a lot more expectation on him this season, that like if he comes out and has you know the similar totals that he did last year and the year before but raptors fans are going to be quite disappointed with him Mm -hmm. um and there are going to be some heavier expectations on him but the the nice thing is is like if you watch that open gym video of greedy dick like the the call is he's he's working out in the ovo facility he's you know it looks like it's you know late at night he's in the facility he's working out um he's getting his reps in so hopefully he just keeps that mentality um throughout the entire summer and he's been hopefully been doing that I, you know i haven't seen as many um your boy scotty in you know the dominican or in cuba or work or working out <laughs> you know on on like a beach somewhere or like in the back alley of some you know tropical paradise yeah he's he's here in toronto he's working out in the gym with the coaches with the system and i think that's gonna be a a huge huge benefit for him and his development moving forward nothing will beat for me last season when it ended and i was like all right matt everything i'm seeing from scotty all the reports i've seen he's about to get in the gym he's about to grind let's go and then we record a couple days later and you're like look at these videos of scotty on the beach and i'm like oh so yeah no it's it's nice to see i mean he was there in the draft room, whether that was before the draft or whatever it was a part of. And obviously after that, he went to go work out in the gym, potentially waiting for a call to have a conversation, right? Either way, we're seeing the right vibes, which makes me happy, which makes Matt happy, which makes hopefully the fan base that pays attention happy to what's going on. And also, like, you also have to take into consideration how he and Fred definitely were not getting along last Absolutely. year. I, I think that they were the two most at odds, especially with our franchise wanting to give Scotty a little bit more of the ball and Freddie probably not wanting to give him, you know, his touches and being like, well, I came up when Kyle Lowry was here and I was on Kyle Lowry's level and I still had to take a back seat to him. Even though you might think that you're on my level, you have to take a back seat to me because I'm the veteran. And Scotty's like, bro, you weren't even in the league at my age. I was in the league two years before you made it and won rookie of the year. Like you were coming off the bench playing for G league when you were an undrafted rookie. So I'm sure there was that that tension there that Scotty's like, I'm the naturally more talented player and I've got the higher ceiling and I've got the potential to to really be that franchise player that can lead you to a championship. And you you don't. 
And I'm sure that that was a, you know, kind of like a Jordan Poole, Draymond Green situation where Jordan Poole is telling Draymond that he's not going to yep. get paid, that he's going to lose his money, that he's going to be in Sacramento next year. Like that, yeah, right? And Draymond hit him. So, I mean, I Fred never seemed well, to have hit Scotty, and but Scotty did get into it with that, and I'm sure that was a part well, of it. This, this is the thing, right? Thankfully, our organization has a little bit more respect and doesn't have as many anger issues. Like, I mean, hey, I'm I'm not the I have I have anger times. You know, I get angry about things, but I ain't gonna be throwing punches at a coworker do. like that. That's for sure. And you know, Fred definitely had words for the young kids throughout the season, and the incident with Thad we saw. I'm sure, and I'm confident because Thad and Scotty were boys, was Fred going over and saying something and Scotty being like, nah, and Thad being like, hold up, young buck. Like, while I know how you feel, you can't just have that. And that led to some tension because as we know, Scotty has a big personality, which with his accolades, he kind of has a right to be at this point. And he has a couple more years, a couple more falters to be able to start losing that capabilities. But again, this season will be the question mark. Well, I think it's if he doesn't play well this year, he's got to humble himself because Straight up. Um, I, I honestly don't think that you make the, the NBA, the NFL, the NHL, the MLB without being a little, you know, arrogant. You you have to believe that you're that capable, that you're that kind of guy yeah. um, to get there. So, and especially to be like an elite player at that level, like everybody, I know everybody thinks Sidney Crosby's like the most humble guy in the world. And I'm sure he comes across that way, but you don't think that he thinks to himself or knows that he, you know, is one of the greatest hockey players of all time and that, right. you know, he deserved it and he, you know, worked his butt off to get there. So that man like, made an entire country stand up at the same time watching the olympic goal let's be honest it may not have been the whole country but the amount of people in that country that stood up in that moment i'm not a big hockey fan i watched that goal i know people who don't give a care about hockey they watched that goal happen best part best part is is uh, i'm just gonna talk about it because i'm already getting goosebumps about it is that he was he had a horrible tournament Mm-hmm. For being the best player in the world, for being in the prime of his career, um, you know, having just won a Stanley Cup, he was not good. And I remember my dad, who's a huge hockey fan, who was literally, you know, signed a professional contract with the the Chicago Blackhawks, was like, don't put him out on the ice. Why is he out on the ice? And he's the biggest Crosby fan or one of the biggest yeah, Crosby fans. And then he was like, oh, I was so wrong. So smart. <laughs> Sometimes greatness, man, it just shines through, right? And and, and that's the situation. Yeah. And we 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 are hoping for greatness for Scotty. And his interesting situation has been normally when you're a top three, top four pick in a draft, you get to go to a place where you get to fail to become successful. Because Matt and I both know anyone who has actually lived life knows that, like, man, if you only succeed constantly, you're in for a big whooping. But if you fail over and over, if you find ways to keep going and over that, it's only going to better yourself at the end of the day. And Scotty is primed to take over for this franchise. And we want it. A bunch of people want it. I think Masai wants it. Also, shout out to Masai. It's his birthday today, you know. So let's let's hope for some positivity in the next few weeks. Let's hope it starts today with our first our first summer league game, man. I'm I'm still pumped for it. Yeah. And, and man, even if you think about like the guys who went ahead of him in the draft, besides Evan Mobley, who's not that type of player, like he's not a ball dominant player. Yeah. Like Scotty, 
is a little bit of a ball dominant player because he needs the ball in his hands to unlock his playmaking ability. Um, Jalen Green needs the ball in his hand to, to score. Cade Cunningham needs the ball in his hand because he's a heliocentric offensive player. Um, Man. You know, they, they went to places where they could fail. Detroit, he's had so many reps. Uh, Jalen yes. Green's had so many reps. So I'm sure Scotty wanted that and hasn't had that opportunity because you know, we were in a win now kind of mode. And I'm sure in his rookie season when we were, you know, 48 and yep. whatever, like he felt good about it. 48 and 34. Like he was like, oh yeah, sure. I can, I can take a backseat to these guys. But when we're losing, that's when he's like, no, 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 give me the ball. Let's also not forget that Embiid stepped on his foot and that caused a whole other thing. But I, I have to mention this before I forget about it. I'd have be you, very different. Have yeah. you seen photos of Cade Cunningham right now? The man yeah. has a beard that says, I am so done with all of this. He looks like Luka Doncic coming back after a summer of not caring and thinking about it. Like, Cade Cunningham, I don't know what's going on in your life, but I'm hoping for you, man, because you're a generational talent and you should be able to play good basketball. And Detroit, man, I was looking. Matt, you know how I do my offseason article every year about the future? In my article, I said, man, Detroit's finally going to maybe hit my 30-win ceiling finally. They had 16 Ws last season and got, what, the fifth? fourth pick at fifth pick in the draft fourth pick in the draft like man yeah. kate is not happy that franchise is not happy hopefully they'll they'll turn around but i, I just had to get that up because man if you haven't seen photos go go look at man his beard says nah, i don't want this i'm hey man that's okay uh as long as his uh body's still in shape that's that's what matters uh <laughs> someone they got a they got a good young squad and so hopefully you know he comes back and he's good but exactly man like they, these guys get chances to fail and unfortunately you know or fortunately scotty didn't have that opportunity but he's definitely going to get it this year so yeah. um as raptors fans we are just praying that he comes through yeah okay so let's talk about either gary or dennis schroeder wrap up this raps chat here what where's your mind going what brings up to you well, I mean, we talk about Schroeder and Jalen McDaniels, but I mean, they're such minor signings. Like, they don't move the needle whatsoever. Um, you know, it's not Jaden McDaniels, it's Jalen. So, they're, they're, well, they're safety nets. If you'd like. I mean, yeah. I mean, Schroeder and Jalen are just safety nets, right? Somebody who can handle the ball in the event that we need more ball handling because going into the season, we're going to be short on guard rotation. And it's why Gary is probably going to get that extension. It's why we talked about it last week about how Gary won't really have much competition at that guard position, right? For his size and what he's capable of doing. And I'm excited, man. I'm excited for Gary. We don't know the contract extension. We were, we were praying that maybe we're going to get to figure out if we, if we wait a day over here, but no rumblings yet. Give it, give it maybe like 20 minutes into the Raptors game. They'll just sneak in the Gary extension for us. But I think he's going to have a good season, man. I think his shooting will be good for the team. And if he can come out and prove himself, he'll be worth whatever contract I think Gary's going to end up with. Oh, man, I think I think Gary's going to have a good season. I think Gary's focused. I love that he opted in. I think that it was a, a great move for him and for us um, because he probably could have gotten, you know, some more money. I think he makes like 18. He probably could have gotten like 25. For sure. Um, you know, on a couple of year contract. But if he comes in with yeah. no competition at that guard spot, like you mentioned, and absolutely lights it up, I mean, Freddie's getting 42. So. That's the thing. And, and Scotty and him are boys. And if Scotty's getting the keys, Gary's going to have open shots. Gary's going to have yeah. opportunity to play. And so 
it's gonna be good man we're gonna i, I don't want to i don't want to speculate too hard because i'm i'm excited to see what the opportunities will be on the court you ready for grady dick season are you ready for the summer league to start my friend oh buddy you know it man that guy's gonna be mvp we're gonna win the the chip this year again and well we didn't win but last year but yo next we're going for a summer league chip and uh grady dick mvp baby oh my gosh yeah we got the bulls today we're gonna play at the cavaliers on sunday i don't really know who on the Cavs are gonna be playing for that game so it'll be interesting and then pistons oh man i can't believe i've been ripping on the pistons and we're gonna play them this week matt i've made a brutal error at this point in time but yeah three games coming up excited to watch them excited to see what we can happen yeah absolutely man it's it's gonna be fun it's gonna be nice to see um you know our undrafted player uh noel it's gonna be nice to see uh our second round pick from last year ron harper jr um so yeah i think it's i think it's great to see and uh I just want us to make some noise, and I want Grady to show up. So, yeah. uh, Pat Pat Delaney going to be coaching the boys. I was looking at the roster of assistant coaches. There's like 12 of them, so we're bringing a full team. You know, they can the the assistant coaches can scrimmage against the regular team just to make it happen. So it's gonna it's gonna be fun. You know, Vegas is always a good time for summer league. But Matt, do you want to flip into some of this extension talk? Is there anybody that interests you? We've already mentioned a few crazy points, but Bro. I mean, free agency is here. We got to mention a few things. The fact that um, Anthony Edwards, Tyrese Halliburton, and LaMelo Ball are all making 50-plus million dollars a season, these guys have not shown that much in the NBA. They've shown that they can be high-level players on yeah. bad teams, which is fine, you know, and that's that's worth some really good NBA money. But they just invested quarter of a billion dollars into each of these boys <laughs> and to be honest with you man yeah Tyler East is only the one that I'm like feeling like almost a hundred percent sure that that's gonna work out I'm, I'm really high on the Indiana Pacers we're gonna get I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say it now because I'm gonna sizzle like I did with the Kings last season I'm, I'm really high on what the Pacers are doing right now and that gets me that gets me pretty excited for this team but yeah I agree with you man I think that Lamella makes the money because you have to pay him at this point when you made the decision not to go for Scoot. And Anthony Edwards, I think, still could be amazing. Still could be fantastic. But the T-Wolves are in such a precarious position with everything going on that I just, I can't, I tossed them too many bones last season. You know, Matt knows I was a fan. I wanted the Grizzlies-T-Wolves rivalry. I wanted the Wolves versus Bears battle constantly. And the T-Wolves absolutely fell flat on, on that regard of trying to help a brother out over here. So that didn't happen. But yeah, man. Yeah, and the Bears just shot themselves in the foot. Grizzlies, absolutely. (laughs) Oh my god, absolutely did. John, what are you doing? But man, you want to talk about Sabonis getting that five-year two seventeen? I think the Kings have really locked in and are are settling in for hopefully, maybe not you know top three like they had, but I think they're going to be a playoff team or at least a seven-seed play-in team for the next you know couple years. Yeah, no, I think that they're definitely going to be a playoff team, man. I honestly think that middle of the pack is at worst what they're going to do. You see Keegan Murray absolutely light up uh, the, what was it, the Salt Lake Summer League or the, Yo, the um, whatever it California was. Invitational or whatever it was. Like, was it he fair? dropped like 50 points, bro. <laughs> like, what's Keegan Murray doing in the in the Summer League? That man was a playoff starter. Like, what's going on I went here? from I went from watching videos of Scotty Barnes' summer camp of him just like, you know, slapping away shots from little six-year-olds. And then I see the report of Keegan. I'm like, oh, this is just a report from Keegan showing up and playing against all these kids, right? Like, 
absolutely dominating you know a boy again a man against boys basically so yeah kings dude i mean i don't need to no. talk about the kings man I'll, I'll continue to talk about that purple team forever the the beam will not be going away that's for sure yeah man i think i think they they did a really good job um i think you know the desmond bain contract's pretty crazy you know 207 million dollars for yeah. yeah he's good but man like that is a lot of money for this man he's making over 40 million a season like what is going on we're in for some NBA calls. salaries bro that's it right a couple of years from now three four years from now if this trend continues for one two three off seasons there's going to be some contracts. You think Tobias Harris is hard to trade? There's going to be people who are going to be going, I need $20 million of this $60 million contract for you to buy me out. And that's going to be like crazy, man. We're, I, I don't want to say lockout, but when you think about the money and the CBA and everything that's gotten agreed on, there's going to be a lot of players in the middle who are not going to be happy with the way this situation is turning out. Well, yeah, because I think like, you know, when you look at a guy like, um Jakob like he's making 20 million a season yeah that's a good money for him um but it's nowhere near what Fred Van Vliet is getting it's half and if you think about like importance to winning and like actually being a championship level player they're pretty interchangeable those two guys and I'm just gonna be yeah. honest with it you know um Jakob's been in San Antonio where they've been horrible for the last few years. And so he's been in kind of purgatory yeah. and then he comes to the Raptors and we had a 60% uh, winning percentage with him. And he had that like 30 and 20 game. Like the man was showing out and, and also shout out to that man for not squeezing the wraps for an extra two, three mil a year, which they absolutely could have done. Took that could've. nice eight, four, 80 mil four year, like shout out to Yak for being a homegrown boy for the rappers but i agree with you man i absolutely agree with you it's it's kind of insane it's kind of insane well, like jeremy jeremy grant's making 32 a year like why can't Jakob? right i mean the fact that Jakob and and um brooks are, are making the same money the same money those are those are good contracts though man yeah they are oh are you talking about dylan brooks not um brooke lopez sorry no, brooke, Lo bad, brooke lopez is a great is a great contract no i'm talking about dylan brooks the fact that dylan brooks is making the same money as Jakob pertle while being completely different players that just tells you how much the range can be and also like i can't really use dylan brooks's salary as an example because it is the rockets and they were just absolutely throwing money for maybe They're no reason at pissing all it in the wind because like man who else is offering who who is offering Brooks four year seventy million? I don't think anybody's offering Brooks four year seventy million. Maybe not even four year sixty million. So Rockets, man, like no. you know, I was I was listening to Lou Will like absolutely fanboy over uh, Clutch Sports, and I was just like, man, yeah, they're getting them money, but like who who thinks this is a good idea? Rockets, I don't know what's going on, man. I don't want to I don't want to rip on the Rockets anymore. Maybe say bad things, but it's it's kind of insane, buddy. It's it's absolutely nuts and so like it, it is what it is um i just it's like these con these salaries are ridiculous like bruce brown that two-year 45 million dollar deal like he's a nice player but yeah. like wow uh austin reeves contract is a steal when you think about what these guys are making shout four out year 56 like shout out to rob palinka somehow bringing that guy back and you know what maybe austin Vincent reeves too. Well, that's the thing, right? Maybe Austin Reeves is just like really 
into it and is really like, you know what? I'm down to play with LeBron. I'm down to see how this thing works out. And he's so good that guess what? If they do end up trading AD and LeBron walks in a year or two, maybe it's Reeves season, baby. Who knows, right? Like, he's nah, not that man. good, but I mean, I'm just saying, he's right? better suited as like a four on a championship team, maybe Absolutely. even a five. Um, but the fact that he got, you know, only 56 million over four seasons. Yeah. So I only have to pay him, what is that, 14 a season? Like that's yeah. nothing for a guy who can average, you know, 15 plus points a game in this Easily. league and Gabe Vincent at $11 million. But I think it comes back to what you said, um, playing in LA, playing with LeBron, the endorsement deals are going to be there. You can make money outside of, right. the, of the court. So, and you get way more visibility, way more recognition for those teams. So, like, you take a little bit of a discount. And I think he took a massive discount because Absolutely. the reports were, like, teams are going to offer him uh, over $100 plus million on a three-, four-year contract. So, to take 56, like, that man must really like the Lakers. <laughs> Absolutely, right? And you see that the Bucks were able to get Middleton and Brooke Lopez back, keep that core, get things going. Good for them. You know, Russell somehow returns on a two-year 37 million dollar deer deal if he's a trade chip valid point valid point yeah That's and then westbrook is. man you, we got to talk about westbrook's two-year eight million dollar contract man is a homie to stay in la that's for sure clippers are in turmoil but westbrook he's all in well i think that it like it makes so much sense for him uh they let him play the way that he wants to play mm -hmm. he regained his you know kind of his star status with his playoff performance um he's in la where he's from it just makes a whole lot of sense for him he's made so much money he's had so many endorsement deals the man made almost 90 million dollars last year like who cares what he, that he makes um you know like it's going to be like less than four million dollars a season it's gonna be three and a half or oh, something yeah. a season like who cares this man is at home he yep. has so much money and he's gonna i think honestly he's gonna rejuvenate the the vibe around his career like who he is i hope so make it so that that he's gonna be that first ballot hall of famer that we all know that he is like and i think that if he had stayed in the lakers anonymity the washington anonymity he wouldn't have been a first ballot hall of famer because that would have soured the end of his career but i think with this like he's definitely gonna get it man the guy the guy deserves it he's the first player since oscar robertson to average a triple double and the guy did it in three straight seasons like Absolutely he, right. he just deserves it and the clippers might need a good you know russell success story because they're four years removed from well almost four years they're into the fourth season removed from the greatest double signing in nba history with Kawhi and paul george but i'm not gonna rip on the clippers right now because you know i'm gonna write an article probably in a, in, a, in a few weeks that'll get to talk about the suck. beauty of the the clippers curse that still exists but you know the last the last things i want to talk about yeah the last things that i want to talk about is divincenzo to the knicks and max Drews to the Cavs, two very stealth signings that i think are going to work out great for both franchises honestly yeah, I think that's quite a bit of money for Struess. Um, I know that he was, you know, on those Heat teams, but he's a very specific player. Um, I like the DiVincenzo deal again, though, man. Like, the Knicks, to me, are, like I said earlier, they're <laughs> second-round ceiling at best, even yeah. when they add fringe players like DiVincenzo to push them, you know, more in that direction. I think that 
really they'd have to you have to shake the snow globe with a Julius Randle trade or a Jalen Brunson trade. I know he was amazing for them last year, but they need yep. to get that upper echelon talent of player. Because like Jalen Brunson to me is a top twenty five player, and like that that's about it. That's as high as I'm willing to go with him. Like I've seen guys like call him a top fifteen player in this league, and I think that that's absolutely insane. Yep, I think it's insanity. Yep, no, man, like, I get it, I get it, man. I completely agree with you. I understand it, but I just think that the Knicks are saying, "Yep, we're in for Jalen, so we're getting you your friend Divincenzo," and the Cavs, while Max Struess will be a lot if he can do what he did for that Heat team and come into this roster. I think he's going to fit great between the Twin Towers. I think that Donovan Mitchell is going to love him taking shots in the corner for this squad, and it might be able to help the Cavs get over the hump of not making the playoffs far enough into getting that home seed. It all depends, because the East is an absolute toss-up right now with what's going on. Yeah, man. It's a it's a wild, wild time. I think that you know Boston is definitely the most favored team in the, in the NBA, so um we'll see how it plays out man you think, i think they're the, the betting fa- favorite at this point you think they're gonna miss grant williams him going to the mavericks getting to play with luca we think so like boston I with think their trades a great pickup for them yeah i think that was a great pickup for the Mavs, to be honest but they, that grant williams signing they try to get diebel too but they uh portland matched man blazers why portland matched kind of just match out of spite like you I'm have guessing. so many guards, you you just signed like, or not? I guess they didn't just sign. Uh, I was confusing Look, Portland and Houston, but I, I'm I'm sad. Geez. Matt knows I'm I'm a Thibault fan. I would have liked to see him get to play with Luca. I think he would have been a great a great fit to play defensively on that team for sure. Simons, Scoot, Hender, or you got Dame still. Like yeah, you got Shane Sharp. Like Mm-mm. right? Why? Why? Just let him go, man. Take the take the the compensation that you get for them him being an RFA. Just, oh God, so there's there's better decisions, right? We're sitting here and we're blinking our eyes, thinking to ourselves, ah, what are we doing here? But you know, I, I said earlier, I like what the Pacers are doing. They're being stealthy. They've uh, released Obi Toppin from the Knicks. They've never liked Obi Toppin in New York. They've always been mad about him. So maybe this will be good a bad for his career. Pick, bro. yeah, I know. Trust me, I know. I'm just. I'm trying here for Indiana, okay? I'm, I'm I'm hoping up. I'm trying to build up this team because I like the top-tier decisions they made, not the bottom ones, but I got to at least, you know, have a little bit of positivity here for them. But, man, that's really it for me this week, you know, unless you got anything else. No, man, just that, like, I don't know if Dame's going to get traded to Miami, and I think that Portland has all of the leverage. They have all of it. And they're not willing to take Tyler Hero, so you better turn Tyler Hero, who is your best asset into something that they want because they don't have to trade him to you he's under contract with them and that is that miami is frantically calling up every team in the league going please help us we just want to be good Uh, we just want damian lillard please help us and every eastern conference team laughs and hang up and every western conference team goes give us bam out of bio and then miami hangs up and this is the cycle that is currently in the damian lillard trade Will anything happen? 
not so likely, but that's why it's summer league time, baby. You don't have to worry about trade season anymore. We had our week of free agency. Now we can think about basketball. We get to see what Wemby can do tonight. Chet Holmgren looked unreal. You know, just a couple of days ago, he's ready to come out and play. The Thunder might be awakening this season. There's a lot of interesting storylines that are going to come out of the next few days, and I'm excited to talk about summer league next week, my friend. No, man. It should be good. should be really good. Um, anyways, I think I'm going to predict that the Raptors come home with that summer league chip like I did earlier in the episode, but yeah, that's, that's my prediction, bro. I like it. I like it. I'm going to go a little bit, a little bit smaller, but it'll help Matt, you know, jump that in the way. I'm looking for seven three pointers from Grady tonight. We'll see what he can do. Bro, if he had seven, that's like what we averaged as a team last year. <laughs> look, look, if he hits four on seven shots, I would also be happy, but. I got I to gotta think big for the boy. We'll see what happens. Bro's going to get all the plays run for him, so hopefully. <laughs> Please. All right, everybody. Well, thanks for being here. You know, check out theboardsports.net. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at TheBoardSports. Like and subscribe. And check out theboardsports.net for new episodes of blog posts. And we'll talk to you next time. <laughs>